Another day, another existential threat to our democracy. I heard about this new threat yesterday, and when I checked to see where the threat was coming from, I learned that just like in every great horror movie, this time, the threat was coming from inside the house. If you go to Facebook on a daily basis, the most, the posts with the most engagement are from Dan Shapiro, or Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, Candace Owens. It is right-wing content. It dwarfs progressive content. It dwarfs mainstream media content, which is actually should be the part that scares us the most, that Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire has more followers and engagement, many times more than the New York Times or CNN. That is a problem for democracy. So it's a problem, that Daily Wire. That was Dan Pfeiffer. Dan Pfeiffer is a former Obama staffer who now co-hosts his own podcast. And at first, I couldn't quite understand what Mr. Pfeiffer was saying. So I had a translator friend of mine who is fluent in both English and Lib translate that for me. And apparently what Pfeiffer was trying to communicate is, um, wah, the Daily Wire is popular and more popular than me and all my Lib friends. And I don't like that. Wah, 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 wah. Now, the hardest word to make sense of in Pfeiffer's remarks is the word democracy. Because democracy, as you know, is popular government. And the only thing Pfeiffer is accusing us of is being popular. He's complaining because we are popular, and he and the rest of the libs, despite controlling every major institution in the country, are not popular. And he's insinuating that to preserve our democracy, our popular platform needs to be suppressed and the Libs' unpopular platform needs to be amplified, which is about as anti-democratic as it gets. But when the Libs use the word democracy, when they talk about our sacred democracy, the temple of our democracy, they don't really mean democracy. They just mean liberalism, leftism, progressivism. That's what they fear is under threat. And they're absolutely right. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Horsehead, who says, as creepy as the drag show was, it's worse still that there were parents who were happy and willing to take their kids to it. Doesn't say much for the modern parent. I think that's totally true. It's sort of how I feel about transgenderism broadly, or really any other cultural pathology that's spreading around like an epidemic. I don't really blame the people who are in the thrall of these of these illnesses, these sort of social illnesses. I don't blame the people who are under the sway of these terrible ideologies and uh, disordered desires and bizarre identities that are, that are harming individuals and harming society. I, I, I place much more blame at the foot of the people who are promoting them, at the, of the people who are enabling them. You don't you don't get angry at the uh, lunatic because he says he hears voices in his head. You get angry at the people who are encouraging him and saying, do whatever those voices say. Oh, absolutely. You've got 10 people living in your head, Johnny. That's right. Go right around doing that. Th those are the people who are much more morally culpable because they're the ones who are supposed to know better. They're supposed to be in their right minds. You don't, you don't, certainly you don't blame a little kid for going to a drag show, but you sure as hell blame the parents. Horrible, horrible parenting going on. Maybe the parents are a little bit confused too. When you want to protect your family, when you want to protect your home, you got to check out Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. It's the summer. Summer is busy. Everyone's away from home for quite a bit. I just got back home last night, or I got back home two nights ago. Sweet little Elisa got back home last night. People are coming and going. You want to protect your home. You know about Ring's video doorbell. You can see and speak to whoever's on your doorstep wherever you are in the world, whether you're in the house or on the other side of the globe. You know about Ring Alarm. That allows you to protect your home, your doors, your windows from freeze, fire, flood, the bad guys too. But have you gone pro? Have you gotten the Ring Alarm Pro? You got to be a pro. Be like me. Go be a pro. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security because it protects not just your physical home, but your digital home too. We live so much of our lives online now. We've got to protect those data. We've got to protect that digital life, protect your Wi-Fi router, and protect your physical home too. Go to ring.com slash Knowles. 
This is where you go to learn more, to protect your home, your physical life, your digital life, and everything in between. Ring.com slash Knowles. Big threats to democracy coming from the Daily Wire. Really, I guess, coming from you. Because you're the people who listen to this stuff. You're the people who tune in and give us way better ratings than the, all of the lib outlets, even though we're a really small outfit that was just born out of a pool house on Ventura Boulevard. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're much more popular on social media than, than the libs are. And it's your fault because you're the ones doing that. And that's a big threat to democracy when the people want something that the libs don't like. You see the same kind of argument uh, when it comes to abortion. Right now, the Louisiana legislature, the representatives of the people of Louisiana, just passed a really great bill. It's a bill that makes it illegal to ship abortion drugs. So the, the bill passed the legislature on Friday. It's uh, you know headed to the desk of the governor, John Bell Edwards, who's a Democrat. Senate Bill 388 would make it illegal for any company to provide abortion-inducing drugs, mifepristone and misoprostol by the mail. It passed by a lot. It was a 31 to 1 victory in the state Senate. This, this would be considered a victory for democracy, right? Because the people want it. The people overwhelmingly want this bill to be passed. And yet the way that the libs will talk about this is as a grave threat to democracy. They did it when, when Donald Trump got elected president in 2016. They said, oh no, more people voted for Trump than voted for our person. This is a threat to democracy. They do it in Europe when Viktor Orban, the conservative leader of Hungary, when he won, when he, when he keeps winning, when he keeps remaining so popular, they say, gosh, his popularity, the fact that people keep voting for him, that's a grave threat to democracy. This, of course, is a non sensical statement. It doesn't mean anything. It, it's it's in, in, intrinsically incoherent, right? That, to say that more the, the greatest number of people voting for something is anti-democratic, except you realize that they just conflate their own ideology, liberalism, leftism, progressivism with democracy. And this is why they can never lose in their own minds. This is why they never, or they never concede, at least in their hearts, the elections that they lose. This is why Hillary Clinton still hasn't conceded 2016. This is why Democrats still haven't conceded the Bush v. Gore election of 2000. This is why Stacey Abrams hasn't conceded in Georgia. Those are elections that had nowhere near the kind of shenanigans that we saw in the 2020 presidential election, nowhere near the kind of upending of the election rules that we saw in the last presidential, and yet they won't concede it because it just doesn't make sense. The people are supposed to vote for us. If they knew their true interests, if they really knew, if they weren't being lied to with misinformation, and, and if they weren't being enchanted by the sorcerers on the Republican side, they would vote for us. And so there must be something that's gone wrong. It must be illegitimate. There, this is a, an old Marxist idea, the idea that they're, the, when they lose, when the libs lose, when the radicals lose, it's because the people have been thrown under the sway of a false consciousness. They're voting against their own interests. This is why the libs are so mean to black conservatives and women conservatives and gay conservatives. And the reason they're so mean to them is they say, you belong to us. If you knew your best interest, you, you would be voting for us. And so it's not your fault, but it's those evil Republicans who have enchanted you with their sorcery. And you're just too big of an idiot to realize it. So we've got we've to upend this entire system because the way it's operating right now is, is certainly unfair. It's not a true democracy because in true democracy, only we ever win. That, that's, that is the logic behind all of these sorts of claims. And that, that's, what they're, that's what they're talking about with abortion. You look at abortion, the majority of pro-lifers are women. They say, no, they're all just, they're just under a false consciousness. No, it's a threat to democracy. Speaking of women's issues, the Carolina Panthers, this is an NFL team that I don't follow and I certainly don't intend to follow now, uh, they've got a cheerleading squad just like all football teams do. So they got this cheerleading squad. Frankly, it's my favorite part of football games. Uh, not anymore, because the Carolina Panthers cheerleading squad will now feature a man dressed as a woman doing all the cheers. Uh, the man goes by Justine Simone Lindsay. Something tells me that's not his real name, <laughs> but that's what he goes by now. And uh, he announced on Instagram that he is now... Uh, we're going to join the Panthers' top cats. And this was confirmed by the cheerleading director, Chandelay Lanouette, to BuzzFeed. Obviously wrong, obviously gross, obviously 
no normal person wants to see this. So why is it happening? The reason it's happening is not just because this guy has some sexual disorders. The reason it's happening is not just because our society has lost its mind on this fad right now, this, this fashionable ideology that says that men can secretly be women, which is going to fall out of fashion at some point, but right now it's really, really hot. There's a deeper reason that this is happening. It, it's actually even beyond the weird sexual confusion and sexual ideologies. The deeper reason this is happening is because of selfishness, because increasingly, the only people that we ever consider in our entire public life is ourselves. Me, 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 me. The question you've got to ask yourself, when, in a sane society, in a sane football team, in a sane cheerleading squad, when someone applies to be a cheerleader, the first question you got to ask yourself is, how will this help the cheerleading squad? Not how will this help the individual who's applying. It's not about them. It's about the team. At first, it's about the squad. And then when you're talking about cheerleading, it's not even just about the cheerleading team. It's about the football team. The question you got to ask yourself is, what is cheerleading for? What's it for? Is cheerleading for making sexually confused men feel temporarily better about themselves? Maybe, if it even does that. Or is cheerleading for cheering on the team? Cheering on the football team in this case. What is it for? This actually really began even before the gender ideology took off because in the way olden days, you had cheerleaders and the cheerleaders would show up to the football games and throw the pom-poms in the air and say, wah, rah, go team. Then sometime within the last few decades, cheerleading became its own sport. So you would have uh, friends of mine would do this, cheerleader friends of mine would do this. They'd go to cheerleading competitions. But but a cheerleading competition doesn't make any sense because the purpose of cheerleading is to cheer on the team. If you take the team out of it and you've just got the cheerleaders, cheerleading becomes something entirely different. Now, some people say, well, cheerleading is very difficult. Yeah, it, it can certainly can be. Cheerleading is kind of like gymnastics. Yeah, it is. If you want to do that, join the gymnastics team. But it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to make cheerleading just about itself. Cheerleading is intrinsically something about other people. But we, we don't make sense of that anymore. We don't understand anymore that something can be beyond ourselves, that the point of something can be beyond our own desires and, and pleasure, that actually there, we, we have to think of other people and other people's views and society and the objective reality. And all, it, goes, it goes all the way from the craziest example, which is these dudes who are pretending to be chicks, all the way down to the totally ordinary facets of life, which used to be about the common good, which used to be about serving your family and your community and your God. And now in virtually every aspect of life have been turned on ourselves. And a man wrapped up in himself makes a very small package indeed, especially when he's wearing a cheerleading uniform. When you want to protect your home, you got to check out American Home Shield. Right now, go to ahs.com slash Knowles. It has never been more important than right now to stay on a budget. Thing, the economy is going all over the place. Things are getting much more expensive. And you know, the one thing you can expect is the unexpected. That is why American Home Shield exists. As a member, you know that your budget, time, and your sanity are covered. Choose a plan from American Home Shield and keep your budget goals in check for 2022. They offer a choice of three great plans to help cover the cost to repair or replace parts of major home systems and appliances, no matter their age. If American Home Shield can't repair a covered item, they will replace it. American Home Shield members get more. More coverage options, fewer exclusions from HVAC systems and plumbing to kitchen appliances. Their plans help protect parts of up to 23 essential home systems and appliances. Electronics coverage is available for an unlimited number of eligible items. Smartwatches, flat screen TVs, pool coverage, spa coverage. You, you can get so much covered with AHS. So keep your home up and running, budget back on track with American Home Shield. Our listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever right now. AHS.com slash Knowles. Save 50 bucks. That's AHS.com slash Knowles for $50 off any American Home Shield plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. Speaking of misidentifying things, we're, we're really bad 
at identifying things these days. You know, we identify men as women. We identify babies as meaningless clumps of cells. We, we don't seem to be able to recognize anything anymore. And now in California, we are identifying bees, like bumblebees, as fish. The, tell me this story doesn't tell you everything you need to know about California and the present state of our culture. Bees are now legally fish in California. <laughs> what is a bee? That's going to be my next movie. What is a fish? That's going to be a feature-length film from the Daily Wire. Very, very controversial. What is a fish? This according to the Sacramento Bee, actually. Bees are legally fish in California court rules. Here's why and what led to it. Here's what led to it. There was an act in 1970 designed to protect endangered species, and the act explicitly protected fish. And then the fish, they defined as invertebrates. Now, the act since 1970 has been applied to protect land-dwelling invertebrates, such as snails. Uh, Therefore, the California Court of Appeals has decided that a terrestrial invertebrate, like the bumblebee, may be listed as an endangered or threatened species under the act, which protects fish. Do you see the logic here? It's not logic, it's illogic, but, but it, it describes or it shows you how the libs operate in politics. They passed this law in 1970 and it says we're going to protect fish. And they do protect fish. They spend a lot of time. They waste all of the limited water supply in California protecting the little delta smelt. So they were very focused on protecting the fish. And then later on, they said, we want to protect the snails too. But they didn't go back and pass a new law. I I don't know exactly why they didn't go pass a new law. One of the reasons might be that Californians are generally sick of these laws protecting these tiny little species at at the cost of humans living a flourishing life. So you, you divert the fresh water from human beings to the delta smelt and the snail. So maybe that's why. I, I don't know. I'm not sure why they couldn't pass a law between 1970 and today to say, okay, we're also going to protect the snails. But they didn't. They just had a court rule and said, actually, snails are fish. And now you get up all the way to the year of our Lord, 2022, 52 years later, and they say, yeah, and if, so okay, if snails are fish, then also bumblebees are fish too. Instead of just going and passing along saying, we're, we're going to protect the bumblebee now. You probably can't get through that, that through the political process. And so they say, okay, we're just going to manipulate language to m- meanings that have absolutely nothing to do with, with what the word originally meant. And we're going to do that to ram through our political agenda. Coincidentally or providentially, my book on this very topic just came out today in paperback. This would be speechless, controlling words, controlling minds. The number one national bestseller, thanks to you. You are the reason that that book became a number one national bestseller around the country, snubbed by the New York Times. I couldn't be more honored because, listen, our platform dwarfs the New York Times. So who needs them? <laughs> we don't need those guys to put us on their editorial list. Uh, that The book is now out in paperback because it sold very well in hardcover. So you can go pick up a copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie books, wherever wherever fine books are sold. I think we're selling it in the Daily Wire store, actually. So that's probably the best place to go buy it. If bees can be fish, then anything can be anything else. A real sign of the times. I have nothing against the bees, but bees are not fish. Men are not women. Babies are not meaningless clumps of cells. Bees are not fish. Do you notice, too, with the these environmental laws from the libs, they always seem to exempt themselves they always seem to push the burden of their pie-in-the-sky schemes onto everyone else, but not onto themselves. And they say, we're the humanitarians. The reason we're passing this sort of protection, the reason we're passing this punitive measure against a certain industry is not to enrich ourselves or protect ourselves. No, no. It's to protect Mother Earth. It's to protect humanity. And that's why all you peasants, you have to bear the costs of this, and we ourselves will not. That's what you're seeing right now in the European Union. The EU is uh, instituting a pollu- an aviation fuel pollution tax. Corporate jets will be exempted. <laughs> so, so commercial jets, all, the, the jets that all of us fly around on, 
when we need to go visit grandma for Christmas or when we want to go on vacation maybe or whenever we want to get anywhere, we're going to have to pay that tax. But the wealthy corporate executives who have their own private jets, they don't need to pay that tax. Can there be any explanation for this other than preferential treatment for themselves? Can there be any explanation for this other than forcing you and I and really really the people in Europe to pay for their privileges? I can't think of one. And furthermore, it shows that they're probably not all that serious about climate change, global warming, global cooling, the sun monster. They're probably not all that worried about that. You know they're not all that worried about that because they're not selling their beachfront property. You know they're not all worried about that because they fly around on their private jets already to go to their climate change conferences and pontificate about how you and I need to eat bugs and never leave our homes and go buy a Tesla. Although they they probably don't want us to buy a Tesla anymore because Elon Musk turned on them. They already do that. Now they don't even want to pay the extra fuel tax on their private jets that they're making all the rest of us pay on commercial flights. Do we really believe they think the world is going to end in 10 years? Or actually some people predicted the world would already end. I believe uh, Prince Charles in the UK predicted the world would already end. Though he's not really the object of my ire. It's not, it's not even really him. It's these liberal, technocratic, corporate people who, I, you know, I think someone like a Prince Charles, I think he actually likes the environment. And I think he likes it because he walks around in his three-piece suits and he's walking around his beautiful gardens. He says, we need to protect the environment so that I have somewhere to stroll in the afternoon so that I can go shoot animals on the weekends and look at my beautiful estates. And I really respect that, actually. I'm all for protecting the environment in order to give us beautiful places to live in. My problem is, one, the crazy radicals, the ideologues who want to protect the environment from human beings, who say that basically humans are a plague on the planet and we need to get rid of the human beings so that the Delta smelt can live freely again. Those guys. And then the cynical people who don't really believe any of this crap and who who realize that it can just give them a leg up politically which I think makes up a much larger portion of the environmental liberal establishment. These guys who say, we're so, we're so worried about protecting the climate that we're not going to pay any of the taxes that we're going to force you people to pay. But they use it to take power. You're seeing this right now in the White House. Joe Biden is, is invoking the Defense Production Act to produce green energy and solar panels. Now, the Defense Production Act requires an emergency. The point of the Defense Production Act is in the face of an emergency, the president can move very, very quickly to produce certain goods. Well, what is the emergency causing us to produce these extremely inefficient kinds of technologies that usually just line the pockets of Democrat donors? The White House can't quite say. What emergency is the president using to invoke the Defense Production Act? Because historically it's been in the 1950s uh, for the, the Korean War and during COVID it was enacted. What emergency is it, or what's the real emergency in the solar industry for the Defense Production Act? Um, so let me, uh, I was going to say first, the president, you know, when he takes the Defense Production Act, is to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Uh, it is an important tool that he has used a couple of times and it has been incredibly infect- effective. Uh, so uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Production Act to rapidly expand per, uh, domestic production uh, of solar panel parts, building ins- insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers. And he is providing U.S. solar uh, deployers uh, the short-term stability they need to build clean energy uh, projects and deliver more affordability energy to American families and business. Cool. So, Corrine, can you answer the question at all? She's pretty weak. At, at least Jen Psaki could usually give a glib kind of answer to whatever the question is or get in a little zinger, even if it wasn't all that effective. But Corrine jump here. She just goes, uh, uh, I don't, I didn't even think about, I don't remember. Uh, Kaylee McEnany used to have binders with answers pre-written to all of the questions she could possibly be asked. Corrine has no idea how to answer even very basic questions. They say, hey, wh-, and this is probably a liberal journalist. I'm not sure exactly who that reporter is, but statistically, he's probably a liberal. He's there and he says, why is the president invoking the defense production? What's the emergency? What, what is he? She goes, uh, uh, the defense production act is to deliver for the American people. She just says, I don't need to give you an answer. I don't need to, We're just going to do whatever we want through sheer force of will. Speaking of wills, 
You should finish up your will and protect your family. That's why you need to check out Epic Will. Right now, go to epicwill.com, enter promo code Knowles. Life happens fast, and it can end even faster. Don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but this is important to plan for this stuff, okay? You picture yourself living to a ripe old age. Doesn't always work out that way. If it doesn't, you're going to want to have a plan in place. Otherwise, the state, people that you probably don't really trust, people who are trying to indoctrinate your kids, take away your guns, steal all your rights and traditions, they're going to step in and take control of your assets when you are gone. They're going to determine what legacy you leave behind. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't let our corrupt ruling class step in and decide what happens to your kids should, God forbid, something happen to you. Don't let those people decide who gets your gold or your crypto or your comic book collection, okay? Instead, take five minutes, get a will set up through Epic Will. It starts at just $119. We love these guys. We trust them to protect the Daily Wire. I just finished up my will a couple of weeks ago. Go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles. You'll get a 10% discount on Epic Will's complete will package. Takes only five minutes to set up. Many, many of our families at The Daily Wire are now protected thanks to Epic Will. Why don't you do the same? Go to epicwill.com, enter promo code Knowles, and do something for you and your family today. The Daily Wire is churning content so quickly, we are just like a, a fire hose of content. And you can't keep a lid on it. You know we had What Does a Woman Just Come Out? You know we've got Terror on the Prairie premiering June 14th. We had Fauci Unmasked, my docuseries. We had the abortion movie that came out, we just, uh, which is the legacy of, of Roe. We, we've got all of this content coming out, and you've got to be a member to see it. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get access, exclusive access, to the entire library of documentaries, shows, and more. Uh, people have been writing in especially since we released Matt's movie, What is a Woman? And they say, look, if this content's so good, you should just release it for free. Why won't you? You Clearly, you just want to make money or something. I, I, I'm, I'm all for spreading the message, as you know. The message costs money. This kind of content is so <laughs> incredibly expensive to make. This is not just some little mom and pop coming out of Jeremy's pool house anymore. We are taking on Hollywood, real Hollywood, not with a little two-bit operation, but with a big, massive operation. We're taking on the news media. We've got MSNBC and the Obama bros quaking in their freaking boots because of the kind of influence that conservatives are finally beginning to have. And the only way we can do it is with your support. That's why we're so grateful to all of the Daily Wire members who have joined, who have supported us, who are part of the team. And uh, if you want to if you want to watch this content, really, if you just want to stick it to the libs who have been trying to keep us out for a long time, uh, please go over and join. We'll be right back with a lot more. Last year, a group of Washington State gender identity, LGBT, sexual revolutionary nonprofit organizations, all of which work with children and receive taxpayer money, hosted a presentation series called Decolonizing Gender. We have these clips thanks to Chris Rufo. He has been absolutely incredible exposing what this kind of ideology means for people, critical race theory, a little bit on the, on the gender front, all this radicalism that we're seeing in schools and in extracurricular activities aimed at students, in many cases with your taxpayer money. One, you've got to first recognize the fact that these kinds of organizations are receiving taxpayer money means that they are an enforcement arm of the political left. They're not as accountable as the government would be because they're not technically part of the government. They're just outside the government, but they receive that government money. So they get to, they have a lot more freedom in brainwashing your kids. They do, it's, it, in a way, it's sort of like BLM. BLM goes around and torches the country for eight months and they're not really held accountable. And they're, they're certainly not held accountable in the way that a public official would because they're not public officials. They're the enforcement arm of the Democrat party more broadly of the liberal establishment. So at a really basic level, a lot of this ideology comes down to money because money is power. 
to folks watching, um, I think another way that you can support people who are doing community work, if you have like access to generational wealth, if you're white um, and your parents, you know, like have like a savings account that is, you know, very much so connected to slavery and land theft, you know, pay people, pay people directly, give them the money so they can have the financial security in order to rest and to heal and to connect um, with their communities in a way that they wouldn't have to because they've been working, because they've been doing this work. We've always been doing this work. Um, so yeah, I, I think Randy brought this up before, but like pay that money, you know, reparations, like pay that money to us now because we need that. We don't have, especially for black and indigenous folks, we don't have like, um, you know, a safety net in order to take that time to heal. Um, and it can be a privilege for some. So um, if you have those resources, share them. Um, and, you know, let's all just, it's healing can also be like a collective thing too. It takes like a, it takes a village, you know, as, some, as an African proverb would say, it takes a village. So um, we all have to do this together um, and support one another. What a hustle. You know, when Daily Wire says, hey, please join Daily Wire, we're giving you this movie, this movie, this show, this content, this thing. We're really trying to say, look, you're, you're getting way more value for your money than every dollar you're putting in. These guys, what do they say, hey, give me money. What are you going to get? You get, I won't be as angry with you. <laughs> Maybe I won't burn the country down this year. <laughs> as that, hey, it's a nice country you got here. It sure would be a shame if I burned it down again. <laughs> Give me that money. Hey, spare a little change. It's like a, a derelict who comes up to you in a dark alley at night. Hey, man, could you spare a little change? Well, we're in this dark alley and you're standing there in a, in a fairly threatening posture. I guess I have to give you some money. Yeah, give that to us because of all the oppression or whatever, you know, man, institutional, generational, whatever. Write a check. Give me that money. Give me that money. So that's what a lot of it comes down to. And in this woman's, I don't know, is it a woman? The the person who was speaking had, seemed to have a lot of chest hair. I, don't, I think that's chest hair, but kind of, anyway, I don't know. It's very confusing. We're living in a very confusing time. But this person actually has a point, which is that money is power. Big, big politics attracts big money, and big money attracts big political power. And so what this person is saying is, we need this money uh, right now, because that's the way that we're really going to affect change. And to, to some degree, there's a point to that. We don't want the change that, that they are going to affect. So at the basic level, yeah, this is a regular old political operation. In many ways, it's no different than the mob. The second thing that this conference exposed, though, is just, it's, it's a point we were talking about earlier, the sheer selfishness, the sheer self-obsession of this entire ideology. You know, I don't see myself as 100% woman, even though I use trans femme, trans woman interchangeably all the time. You know, um, I take hormones so that I have breasts, you know, so I can appear whatever, a way so you can, again, interpret what my soul is. But if I were to tell you like, oh yeah, I want to be called non-binary, trans femme my whole life. No, I don't. I just want to be called Randy, Aisha, you know, those, you know, whatever I want you to call me, you know, mommy, queen, daddy, if I want you to. I want to see people, you know, my young people, they, when I would bring up pronouns, they would come up with Wakanda. They would come up with Pokemon trainer. They would come up with whatever was on their heart. And I was like, that is the world I want to see where we're calling ourselves cyborgs. We're calling ourselves whatever we need in order to feel good about ourselves. Like, why can't we just feel good about ourselves and affirm ourselves and then people respect that. So yeah, I definitely think gender needs to go. <laughs> Does this guy sound like he feels good about himself? He doesn't sound to me like someone who feels good about himself. People who feel good about themselves don't constantly need the affirmation of others. He sounds to me like the opposite of someone who feels good about himself. When you really feel comfortable, confident, good, right about what you're doing, not only do you not need the affirmation of others, but you can stand tall even as everyone else is attacking you. Some people know this. When, when you're standing up for something that's right, very often people attack you. Look what, look what they did to Jesus. Look what they did to Socrates. Look what they did to people who have spoken the truth, certainly to the man who is the truth, but even to other people throughout history who have, who have had the gall to speak the truth. What happens to them? They get attacked. That's the way it goes. This is a fallen world. And the people who feel good about themselves stand, stand tall. I was just reading the apology of 
of Socrates by Plato. I was just go- going through my Western Civilization series, happened a few nights ago to be reading the Apology of Socrates. And Socrates is there. He's standing before the Athenians. He knows that they're going to kill him. And he says, look, don't listen, I, I don't really care if you kill me or not, because I'm just going to do the right thing. And, uh, but it's going to be really bad for you if you kill me, because you will have, be doing the wrong thing. And if you're doing the wrong thing, that's, that's really bad, because it's much better to be just than to be unjust. And it's, it's much worse to harm someone else than to be harmed yourself. Totally rational argument. And, it, and you see it throughout the, the speeches of Plato's Socrates. You see this in the Credo. You see that you, this guy does not feel good about himself. And he says, the world that I want to see is a world where I can be whatever I, forget about he or she, forget about male or female. I want to be Randy. Or Aisha. Wait, hold on. I thought you just said, you told me what to call you. You said call me Randy. No, until I want to be Aisha, until I want to be a Pokemon, until I want to be this. The world I want to live in, what he, what he is saying and what the gender movement broadly is saying is, I want to live in a world without logic, without reason, without intellect, without any objective standard by which anyone can tell if anything is true or false. What, what they are saying is, I want to live in a world of pure will of pure tyranny of will, where the words that we say don't make any sense. Pokemon, Jiggly Bear, Up and Down, Chocolate, Vanilla, Hot Dog. That's that's the world they want to live in, a world where we're just making sounds like grunting animals, and all we are doing is feeding our own appetites, our own lower will. He's, in many ways, that guy, Randy slash Aisha slash the Pokemon, is acknowledging what the conservatives have been saying about transgenderism. There was another guy, this last guy, I thought it was the most important part of this conference. And it's really important to watch these clips when conservatives like Chris Rufo are able to to bring them to us. They they get a scoop, they get a leak, and they bring them to us. It's important important to watch libs of TikTok because, one, it tells you what, what really lies at the heart of these bizarre social movements that often leave people scratching their heads. What do you mean a man is a woman? It, it tells you what they really believe about it. And very often, the way that the radicals view these things are not all that different from the way that conservatives do. There was a guy who spoke at, at the end of this conference thread, and, and he said that he knew that he was transgender, pangender, gender, whatever, when he was a little kid being called into the woods by spirits. For me, when I was growing up, colonialism looked a lot like, my first introduction to colonialism looked a lot like um, me waking up at, you know, four in the morning, five in the morning, every morning to, you know, sounds of, you know, my ancestors screaming from outside my window, um, coming from the, the ground, coming from the earth um, and nature outside, you know, like, waking me up to tell me that like, hey, there, there's work to be done. But that's what really radicalized me at a very young age, amongst many other things. Uh, you know, hearing those screams every morning is what really radicalized me because there are things that most other folks around me, including my, my mother, could not hear. Um, and there are things that they, they, you know, that did not affect those individuals in the same way. Um, and I carried that, I followed those screams, you know, into the woods as a child. Um, my parents, you know, didn't really like watch me very much, parent, sorry, should I say, didn't really watch me very much uh, growing up. So I often wandered into the woods and was taught um, by my ancestors in those woods, you know, in, in the forms of nature spirits, um, in the forms of elementals, in the forms of, you know, natural deities and old gods, you know, while I was out there, you know, I was taught many things and, you know, my mind was decolonized in that way. So what this guy is saying is that the, the way he became radical, transgender, extreme, far left, what, what, the way he got to where he is today is that he came from a broken home, right? He says, my, my parents, oh, sorry, I mean my parent, a broken home where he was neglected. I wasn't watched very much by my parent as a kid. A broken home where he was neglected and then spent a long time in isolation. And then he got screwed up by demons. That's what he's saying. 
That's his description of what happened. Oh yeah, why am I all messed up? And his name is, uh, or he goes by Ganesha Gold Buffalo. He is a male prostitute who says that he's a woman and identifies as transgender. He says, how did I get to where I am? How did I become the, the man, or not man, that I am today? Why I came from a broken home and spent a ton of time in isolation, alone, being neglected, and then demons convinced me to that the world is different than it actually is. The way that this radical transgender guy is describing transgenderism and his radical views more broadly is virtually indistinguishable from the way that a conservative Christian would describe it. We're both, yes, I think that in the case of transgenderism, there's definitely the question of mental illness. I mean, it's just by definition, one would have to be mentally ill to be a man to, to believe that he's a woman. But there are a lot of social conditions, and it seems to come from some broken homes, and it seems to come from some child abuse. It seems to come from long periods of time in isolation. And it seems to come from demonic influence. Let's just call a spade a spade. He says it. The transgender guy says it. I say it. A Christian guy says it. The only people who don't say it are the liberals in the middle. The materialist liberals who say, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not a big, none of that's true. Listen to the radicals. Listen to the radicals themselves. The radicals themselves seem to agree with the conservative Christians. And those are all bad things. All of the influences that led this guy to become a male prostitute calling himself a woman, a decolonizer or whatever, are all bad things. Broken homes, neglect, child abuse, and especially demons. They're bad. They're bad. They're real and they're bad. Speaking of libs missing really, really basic things, everyone is turning on Joe Biden except for the establishment liberals. But everyone else is, not just the conservatives, not just the, the people who have been radicalized to the, even Cardi B, the well-known economist, Sterling professor of economics, Dr. Cardi B, Professor B said, quote, when y'all think they're going to announce that we going into a recession, when y'all think they're going to do that, Cardi B knows that the economy is in bad shape. Have you bought food recently? I bought food last night and I was shocked at how expensive it is. The only reason I wasn't more shocked is because I bought food somewhat recently. I bought food last week too. And I was shocked then at how expensive it is. You buy gas recently, you pay for anything recently. You look at the fundamentals of our economy recently. You look at your stock portfolio, your retirement account recently. Things are not looking good in the economy. Cardi B knows it. The conservatives know it. The only people who don't seem to know it or don't want to admit it or don't even care are the establishment liberals who still insist to us this is the greatest economic recovery ever in our imaginations. In the same place where men are, are women and babies aren't really babies, that's where the economy is flourishing. Speaking of our economy, there was a video that went viral yesterday on the internet, people talking about what, what terrible things this means for the American economy. And it was this, I thought, generally charming video of two young women sitting in a pool with their laptops, describing how they're doing their job from, from the pool deck because they don't need to go into an office right now. My coworkers keep saying I need to make like a tech TikTok. Because if you look at my TikTok, you'd never guess I have a job. <laughs> so um, anyways, this is our current workstation. Callie and I are what you call product managers. Callie, what is your team over? My team is over recording and internal tools. And I am over what we call card experience. So we work on like anything from activating your credit card to freezing, reissue, shipping, all the good stuff. Um, what's a PM? Um, we help prioritize and um, help the engineers stay on track and help them know what to build so that you have a product to use. Yeah, exactly. So you might have a team, like the engineers actually do the developing, the coding, which is the impressive part. Um, designers also do the impressive part, which is everything you see when you're in a software. 
Product managers essentially decide what the team's gonna work on, do competitive research, um, prioritize bugs, keep everyone focused, motivated, and driving towards business outcomes. So, that's what we do. I found this video very charming. I'd, everyone was dunking on these girls. I, why are they dunking on these girls? So these girls have an easy job. Okay, that's fine. People have had easy jobs before. The girls are saying, yeah, in our job, we, it doesn't even look like we have a job because we're just on TikTok all day and we sit out here by the pool all day. And yeah, we don't, and we can, we're making a TikTok about sitting out at the pool about how our job is really easy. Okay, I don't begrudge them that. They're also young girls. They look like they're in their 20s. They're probably, if I'm, I'm just taking out my Nostradamus hat here on my crystal ball, they're probably just going to like meet a guy in their 20s and get married. And they're not, they're pro- what I'm saying is they're probably not 100% totally driven by their career, nor should they be. That's fine. I don't think we all need to be automatons slaving away in some box all day long doing spreadsheets for Mr. Jenkins to, to get some more dollars to go consume more stuff in the economy. That's fine. Good for them. They get to sit out by the pool. The, the legitimate fear, I think, the legitimate criticism that comes from this video is, it, look, it's fine if some people have those jobs, especially if they have other interests in their life and they don't want to do this forever and they want to move on and have a family and do other things. The fear is when everyone's doing that. <laughs> we can't have a country where everyone is sitting out by the pool making TikToks about how they're not doing their actual job. Or, or how they are, but their actual job doesn't require them to do very much. It, when the entire economy is doing that, then we're really in trouble. And that's the place we are right now after two years. From the very beginning of the lockdowns, I thought this is a bad thing because what I know is you don't get something for nothing. You, you, can't, you can't just sit around all day and not do it, everything and still have a flourishing country that's growing and vibrant. It doesn't work. When people point out that communist societies have terrible stagnant economies, very often we don't explain why that is, or we don't think about why that is. The reason communist economies are so terrible is because people don't work there. It's because the incentives don't exist for people to go out and do work. So the people in communist countries often are pretty lazy. (laughs) They often are not very driven. They're disincentivized from going out and doing work. There is a structural problem there, but that's why. And if we're living in a country where we're all just doing that now, where we're all just sitting by the pool, taking TikTok, sipping our pina coladas, occasionally typing some buttons on our laptop, we're not going to have a flourishing country. We need to go out and do things. We need to do things that are bigger than ourselves. Unfortunately, we, we've gotten into this mindset of, well, listen, if, I, if there's even a slight chance that I could get a slight cough from a virus that doesn't really pose a particularly great threat to me, then I'm just going to sit home for two years. Well, if, I'm, if I have to go out there and do anything extra that's going to detract from my going to brunch and sitting at home and buying on lots of nice, fun, cool gizmos and gadgets, then I just don't want to do that. That mindset is, is death for a country. We have to think beyond ourselves, beyond our own pleasure, beyond how we want to be called, beyond what we think, usually mistakenly, will make us feel really good. We need to think, what's this about? What's this for? What is my role here? You know, in, in Matt's documentary, my favorite scene actually didn't have very much to do with the question of Western transgenderism. My my favorite scene was when that uh, professor got really angry with Matt for questioning his entire uh, science, you know, the gender studies. That was my favorite scene. My second favorite scene, and I felt the most meaningful one, is when Matt flies to Africa and he's talking to the tribals in Kenya and he he says, what is a woman? And they have a a good answer, but it's a different answer than the Westerners would have. Westerners would often say a a woman is an adult female human being. What's a female? Well, a female is distinguished by by female reproductive organs and capacity, by the production of eggs, by the, right, you know, you go down this. And when when Matt asked the tribals in Kenya, they said a, a, a woman is someone who does the duties of the woman. A woman is someone who 
bears children, who's distinguished by that biological feature, but then by a social role as well. And he interviews the women too, and they're laughing at this idea of transgender. They're like, no, we do, we do the, the things that women do, and we behave in the way that women behave, and we are women. And the men do the things that men do. And, and some of the things that men do seem pretty unpleasant. I don't want to do that. And some of the things that we do are kind of unpleasant. The men don't want to do that. But we have a role. We have a, a place here. We've reversed that. We, we've convinced ourselves mistakenly that having a role and having a purpose and having natural limits is going to make us all miserable. But there's really no escaping limits and there's no escaping ultimately doing stuff. So you see it especially with the way that feminism cracked down the family. Is in the 70s, the feminists said a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle and women need to leave the home. They shouldn't even be allowed to stay home and raise their families. That's so oppressive. Instead of helping their families and working for their families, they need to go out and work for some other guy who doesn't care about them at the widget factory and go do spreadsheets all the time until the guy throws, throws the woman out. There, but there's no escaping. Does anyone really believe that's more liberating? Does anyone really believe that's better for the woman or will lead to a more flourishing life? Of course not. This is a key conservative insight. And Edmund Burke wrote about this at great length. We want roles. We want to feel like we're doing good, not just for ourselves, but for other people. Because a man or woman or bumblebee, or fish wrapped up in himself makes a small package indeed. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, new polling data shows Americans are in a terrible mood and Democrats are set to pay the 2022 price. MSNBC Plus, a former top Obama official, call for censoring this show and The Daily Wire. And Democrats plan a January 6th hearing extravaganza to try to stave off electoral doom. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Listener.